Hello everyone, I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to fit for a queen welcome back queens we have marissa michael and we won't give away her other secret identity till later (laughs) in the interview some of you may know her by another name um now everybody's like oh wait uh it's like to be continued dot 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 she's a registered dietitian board certified sports specialist in sports dietetics and certified personal trainer she holds a master's degree in sports nutrition and the international olympic committee's diploma in sports nutrition Marissa loves triathlons and rock climbing and is mediocre at both. (laughs) She firmly believes that food brings joy and a good relationship with food is important to both mental and physical health. She owns a private practice in Portland, Oregon. Welcome. Thank you. Well, you have such a unique interest that translated into your um, career passion. So tell us about rock climbing and why you love it so much. Yeah, so um, I just started climbing maybe about five years ago, and the reason I got into it was because my son, who was um, about 11 at the time, started climbing with his local team, Mm. so I decided I should start trying to figure out what this sport is all about, Um, and I've just uh, climbed a little bit here and there throughout the years, trying to figure out like how to get better at it, but I've learned that it's actually really fun and really challenging. Um, as you mentioned, I love triathlon, so I've always been kind of a solo sport person. I'm terrible at team sports. I cannot <laughs> throw a ball. I cannot catch a ball. <laughs> like, I've always been an individual kind of sport person. So um, I really liked triathlon because it just worked with my skill level. Mm-hmm. And rock climbing is a whole different animal for me. So it's fun because it's something totally different. It's not just like endurance where I have to figure out how long can I go? (laughs) It's like very, very different to figure out like the mental challenges and the physical challenges and build more strength. And um, I'm a little bit afraid of heights. So it's been a challenge for me to try to kind of overcome that, which has (laughs) just been fun to work with that at a different point in my life where I could just kind of branch out and do something new and completely different, but it's actually a lot of fun. And I find a really fun community through climbing. That's cool. So do you go out and climb with your son sometimes? I do. Yeah. We mostly climb at the gym. We've gone outdoors um, a little bit, but outdoors sort of freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. Like um, you just have to trust the rock and you have to trust whoever had placed the bolts before you and, the weather's kind of variable, so I, I'm not hardcore. I'm kind of I'm kind of a wimp with outdoor rock climbing, <laughs> but I do like indoor. <laughs> You'll get there. I mean, yeah, I totally yeah. get that. Yeah, those are variables I didn't even know would exist. Sure, so that's good to know. The wind, Becca, well, or somebody before you putting the bolt yeah. in. Is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, I sound so. Ignorant. We're yeah. sound we're sound very Midwest, <laughs> uh, and that's what yeah. I'm, I'm thinking. Like, 
And that's such a good question of like, how in the heck do you get to rock climbing? Like that would, we, we don't yeah. do that a lot right. around here. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. Well, the sport is exploding. It's really mm-hmm. becoming quite popular now, which is exciting to see. Um, so it used to be kind of a fringe thing. Like people would be like, oh, there's these dirt bags out in the desert, like rock climbing. Like what is going on? And they're living out in a van, you know? And so it was kind of, kind of this fringe activity for a long time, but it's definitely more mainstream now. And it's very common. Um, Crimson's are exploding across mm-hmm. the world. So it's, it's a really exciting time to kind of get into it and learn more about it and, and challenge yourself in a new way. Um, it's coming to the Olympics for the first time this oh. summer, which is super exciting. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. then I'll get a it's lot of exposure. That's really cool. Yeah. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what yeah. made... and there's actually a lot of collegiate teams, too, so that's fun. Cool. Um, well, what made you decide to make this also kind of a focus of your career? As you got into it, you found out you really loved it, and then then what? Yeah, so um, it was kind of uh, in conjunction with a career pivot that I did. So for about 11 years, I was doing home health, and I lived in the Bay Area, and then about six years ago, I moved to Portland, Oregon, and I was like, well, what do I do now with my life? And that kind of lined up with a handy time where my kids, my youngest kid went to school full time. So I kind of had a lot of free time on my hands. So I went back to school after being a dietitian for, you know, over a decade. I went back to school to get my master's degree. So part of it was doing the International Olympic Committee's um, Diploma in Sports Nutrition. Mm. And for that, I had to do a huge research project. So I decided to focus on rock climbing. The assignment for that was actually to do like a fringe sport that didn't really have a lot of research. So I picked that just because I knew a little bit about climbing and I had started climbing and it just kind of snowballed from there. So after I did the IOC diploma and I had done so much research on it, I went on to get my master's degree in sports nutrition and did my thesis on rock climbing. And then I thought, well, I have all this information. I've been buried in rock climbing research for three years. Why don't I just, you know, kind of do a pivot and put myself out there in the world as an expert to provide um, information to the rock climbing community because I feel like there's a big void there. There's not a lot of good research and there's not a lot of good um, resources or experts on rock climbing nutrition. So I kind of saw a need that could be filled to help these, these climbers really get good nutrition information to help them climb better and be healthier. Which is so it's it's interesting how things come full circle and it must be because it is growing in popularity. But I've had a couple of clients that have come in to see me that struggled with either diagnosis of an eating disorder or disordered eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I know the nuts and bolts of sports nutrition. And so I can ask them a little bit more about their sport. But then fast forward mm-hmm. and last year at eating disorder and sport you presented and I was like, wow, I had no idea that, again, this is a culture that seems to buy into that. Well, if I'm lighter and leaner, yeah. then I can mm-hmm. be a faster climber. And like, oh, here we go again. And so that was great that you've been really vocal, probably one of the first to speak out on that. Um, and I know you've also been not afraid to toe the line if people have had disordered messages. So tell us some of the things that you've seen firsthand either as a rock climber or as a specialist um, dietitian in that area? Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of anecdotes out there. Um, there's tons of, uh, just if you look at climbers on social media or even um, climbing publications, like in the past, um, there's a lot of information about how to lose weight or you need to lose weight to be a better climber. 
Um, but the research doesn't really support that. Um, the research that we have, there's some on anthropometrics and climbing ability and um, all the research that we had um, basically shows, no, you don't need to lose weight to be a better climber, um, especially if you're already sort of at a quote-unquote normal weight. Um, you know, if you picture someone that climbs at a gym or at a crag, you usually see people that just look like they're in quote-unquote like normal bodies, whatever that means, you know. Um, and so you don't you don't see a lot of people living in bigger bodies that are climbing and so to have all these people that are not living in bigger bodies say, I need to lose weight to climb is like really detrimental for their health and their performance mm-hmm. and their relationship with food and their relationship with their body. Um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen um, firsthand some climbers that have disclosed that to me that um, when they started climbing, they felt like they were really hyper-focused on their body and now they have disordered eating patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really hard to see there's actually some really cool climbing communities that are starting to emerge that are promoting body positivity mm-hmm. and um, climbers in bigger bodies saying like, no, of course everybody can climb. If you have a body, you can climb. You don't need to be thin to climb. Mm-hmm. I think that's really empowering, really amazing. But the community is starting to speak out. Mm-hmm. And there have been some professional climbers that have started to speak out about how they, for their whole careers, have actually had an eating disorder or had a disrupted relationship with their body. And now they're, talking about that and being um, really vulnerable and it's really powerful to see that and it's it's actually quite exciting for me just as a dietitian that works with people with eating disorders and works with athletes I love being able to see the community kind of coming together and being like you know like let's rethink this like this we don't need to be thinner to climb better like this is actually detrimental and it's not been helpful mm-hmm. for your body or for your sport really yeah, I was just thinking, I don't think I'd want to be climbing and then start to lose my strength. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Especially if you're yeah. climbing outdoors, just a thought. I'm wondering, kind of thinking about this, as a sport that has been, and tell me if kind of my my lingo was wrong here, a sport that has been mainly recreational, that is turning more competitive and now going to be an Olympic mm-hmm. sport, sport. I'm assuming mm-hmm. that there might be more issues coming out about this and um, more up the ante. Yeah, upping the ante. Do you think that as well? Yeah, I think that's true. And um, there's actually some research that's unpublished but should be published soon. Um, a couple of uh, dietitians have been doing some really good research around this. Um, Dr. Renee Jobert and um, Dr. Gina Gonzalez and Dr. Abigail Larson, they've done some research around this where they've basically like sent out surveys to climbers and said, what's your climbing ability? And then um, what's your relationship with food? And what's your relationship with your body? And then like, do you agree with certain statements? Like they said, do you, um, do you agree or disagree with the statement? Like, I think I need to lose weight to climb better. Mm-hmm. Or I think I need to lose body fat to climb better. And by by and large, like most climbers agree with those statements. Mm. And the um, more elite they got, the more they agreed with those statements and the more eating disorder patterns they had. Huh. Interesting. I'm so yeah. glad you're getting data because yeah. a lot of times our athletes, they love the numbers and the data. So mm-hmm. when you can yeah. start to actually have that to be like, yeah, did you know there's a percent incidence of eating disorders? When, then you can start getting more of their attention. Mm-hmm. We'll be looking yeah, more for that more research. And there's, yeah, there's more pressure for them to perform well the more elite they get. And sure. obviously they want sponsors and they have to 
do well and compete well. And so if you think you need to be lighter in order to climb better, you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, here's where we do the big drum roll. <laughs> Kara and I, they're like, hands down, you have our most favorite Instagram account. <laughs> oh, so tell <laughs> our listeners what you're also known as. Um, or maybe the Lego dietitian. The, the Lego, Lego lady. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's the Lego lady on Instagram. So my, yeah, my Instagram handle is at Real Nutrition Dietitian because Real Nutrition is the name of my business. But I should probably change it to Lego Dietitian. Oh, <laughs> I, f- I followed it for the longest time. I was like, God, these are like the most creative. Like, how does she do that? Like, you even have one I remember that showed the little Lego person climbing up for your rock climbing. I was like, I have, I have Instagram envy right now. <laughs> oh, you guys are so nice. Thank you. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to work with the Legos. Where'd you come up with the idea for the Legos? Um, I used to do just normal stuff. Like I would try to post like, oh, this is so a recipe and it's a picture of food or like post a selfie of me working out or whatever. And then I realized like after a while, like there are endless, uh, food styling photographs on Instagram. There's sure. endless food. There's endless selfies. Like people are always working out and like posting pictures. So I thought, like, how can I differentiate myself from that? And also, I'm terrible at food styling. And I'm <laughs> me too. Oh my god. Yeah, and you don't want to watch me work out. <laughs> yeah. Like I was just trying to figure out, like, how can I be better at this? So I decided to go with Legos because I have three kids and we have so many Legos you don't even know <laughs> and I thought it would just be fun to kind of put a twist on it but the more I get into it the more I realized like this is actually really good because um I wanted to also preserve kind of like a body positivity mm-hmm. vibe yeah. in my feed mm-hmm. and you can do that with Legos because they all look the same like they're all just like this blocky minifigure mm-hmm. and I liked that to be able to not have it focused on like um, if I'm taking a picture of myself or my body, I didn't want that to be um, triggering or be like, hey, this is me, you should look like me, you know, anything like that. I just kind of wanted to be very neutral. Mm-hmm. And that was a way to convey that. Like, you know, these are just kind of, you know, normal bodies, whatever, whatever normal means to you. I didn't have any body diversity in my account before I started Legos. Well, now I have, like, none because it's all many figures. But it was just a way to kind of, like, take that um, stigma or maybe that triggering or just kind of be more positive about body without without feeling like, oh, like, you know, if you see a person, sometimes it's um, easy to compare yourself to them and look at mm-hmm. different body parts or how they look. And I just kind of wanted to remove that. Not that that's bad. There are lots of accounts that do a great job, you know, showing body positivity, even if they are showing themselves. And I want to honor that and recognize that. But just for me, Legos is just a, a nice solution to that. And it's also a nice way to just kind of have fun with it where I don't have to take myself too seriously. Like if someone knows <laughs> there's a Lego on my account, like, how serious are you going to be? <laughs> right. Well, I definitely like watching Legos work out. So I'm, <laughs> well, I'm a fan. <laughs> Because it's exactly how my push-ups look. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of funny, like, when I try to make them do, like, a Lego plank. Like, it doesn't look like anything. (laughs) Well, that's how I plank. Yep, yep. Um, And it's it's so funny to watch how you creatively, like, tie stuff. And I'm like, oh, wow, how'd she do that with the Uh Legos? And, like, one time they had an arm wrap and they had a broken bone. I was like... Yeah, as Creative. you can tell, we, we absolutely love your Instagram uh-huh. account. 
Oh, thank you so much. I know you also have some other resources. I think, didn't you, either you're completing or have completed like an e-course for climbers. Is that correct? Or an e-book? Yes. Yeah, I have a couple of um, courses. Um, If you go to my website, it's just realnutritionllc.com. All my resources are there. I have um, on-demand courses for climbers and also for endurance athletes and one on supplements for climbers and for supplements for athletes. Um, I also do webinars here and there, so I'm doing one tomorrow um, on climbing nutrition. And I also have a book coming out. It should be published in June. It's been delayed from the coronavirus, uh, the printers in China. So oh, shoot. the Chinese printer shut down for a while. But yeah. They're going back to business again, and it should be ready for sale in June. So good. if you go to my website, you'll find information about that, too. I'm so excited for this book. It's a comprehensive resource for any type of climber. So it has oh. sections for, like, disordered eating, female climbers, vegans, if you live out of the van, you know, comp <laughs> climbing, you get that in Oregon. Climbing, everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, so I'm I'm super excited. There's nothing like that out that I know of so mm-hmm. far. So I wanted to create this really comprehensive evidence-based resource for climbers to really um, put something out there in the community to serve them. Give well, them we'll be sure to give post them good that. resources. Yeah, Yeah, that's very exciting. Yeah, we'll share all of that when it comes out on our Instagram and do some marketing. Thank you. Well, we like to end with asking every interviewee how they um, live out the fit philosophy of balancing performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self as a busy climbing dietitian mom. (laughs) Um, Tell us how you, yeah, how how do you balance it all out there? Oh, that's such a good question. I love that you guys do this. This is such a great part of your podcast. Um, I feel like sometimes it's not balanced, and that's actually okay. Uh Um, So, for example, with performance, like if I'm training for something, sometimes things fall off, and that's okay. Like maybe I spend a little bit less time with family or a little bit less time with my business. And then, you know, sometimes uh, things come into refocus once that falls off. Or sometimes I focus more on my family than other times. Um, I work part-time, so I don't work full-time, and that's very, very purposeful because I do want to be available as a mom and be able to help my kids and be with them after school. So I feel like it's um, not balanced in a way because I do let things take over, but it's very purposeful. But I guess what you could also look at it is I try to balance that philosophy where um, I'm mindful about how I spend my time and if it's it's going to be... um, in a good way that helps either my business or my family or my own self-care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lego lady, mm-hmm. real nutrition dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't mind us calling you that. We just, that's a good way to oh, kind of, of think. Okay. Um, and hopefully of I'll course. see you at a conference in July if all goes yeah. well. Fingers crossed. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity, you guys. I appreciate it so much. Oh, you bet. Thank you, Queens. Bye, Marissa. Today's episode is brought to you by Yours Truly. I'm excited to announce the releasing of my book, Finding Your Sweet Spot in Sport, Avoiding Relative Energy Deficit in Sport, also known as REDS, by optimizing your energy balance. Be sure to follow me on social media or go to my website, www.beccamacomble.com. Bye, Queens. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fit for a Queen. 
and hashtag don't, fit for a queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, queens.